This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Digital Transformation Podcast, interviews with best-selling authors, innovative thought leaders, and top-shelf executives all driving today's digital success. This is the show that will help you take advantage of digital transformation to build your business and career. I'm your host, Kevin Crane, and I'm so pleased that you're listening. Our guest today is Dave Sherwood. Dave is the co-founder and CEO of BibliU, a learning enablement platform that empowers universities to automate their workflows and improve student outcomes with first-day access to e-textbooks from over 2,000 publishers. He's also the co-founder and chairman of Teach, Learn, Grow, Inc. Dave earned his bachelor's degree at the University of Western Australia before coming to Oxford on a Rhodes Scholarship, which during which time he co-founded BibliU. And we'll learn more as he talks with us today about digital transformation of higher education courseware. So Dave, welcome to the program today. Now on this show, we often talk about digital transformation in a business framework. But digital transformation is also a huge topic of interest and innovation in higher education as well. What does the current landscape look like and where do you see innovation happening? If we're looking just at higher education, I'd say that um, it's it's a sector that's behind most other sectors in terms of innovation and technology. And there's a number of reasons for that. Um, I think obviously a, a key driver is there's not a great deal of private enterprise in the sector and uh, the incentives of the sector are not necessarily aligned with student outcomes. One particular good example, Kevin, is that um, increasingly the cost of tuition versus the typical salary coming out of, of, of a graduate that's graduated from a college, that ratio has gotten worse over time and that fundamentally is, is why most students study. So I think that's a good example of um, how if the sector was more focused on the right things, we would, would, would have seen that improve over time. There, but there are plenty, I'll, I'll quickly give an example of innovation in the sector. There are plenty of good examples. Um, I, I think uh, really the, the, the best example is what's happened since COVID in that the sector's now become fully um, digital capable in the sense that students don't have to be on campus every hour of every day. If, if they wish to be away from campus for a day, a week, a month, a semester, that's fine. And the systems are in place to do that, whether that be in structure, Canvas, you know, a learning management system, an OPM such as Coursera, a content, um, uh, a learning enablement platform like ourselves, BibliU. Yeah, all of these systems are kind of in place now. Well, it's an interesting topic. I was just speaking with my family today. I have two kids in college now, and they are almost completely online and digital in terms of not only their courseware and their books, but their interaction with instructors, which is in stark contrast to when I got my grad degree, I don't know, 20 plus years ago, where the idea of having a digital or online course was very uh, unique. Where are most schools in terms of their progress towards this 
digital transformation of education. Let's start with the U.S. Are most schools in the U.S. ahead in terms of their digital transformation? It's a good question. I mean, I guess it's kind of ahead of what? I mean, the, the, the most advanced schools in terms of digitization are largely the for-profits, um, Phoenix, Grand Canyon, etc. And then you have, you know, your southern New Hampshire's and um, ASU's who, who are the exception in the not-for-profit bunch. Uh, I would say the UK and the US are at similar levels of digitization. And to my earlier point, they're very early in the curve. If you look at, say, law firms or banks, they've been using broad um, uh, varieties of uh, software technologies for decades now. And most universities are just bringing in software for the first time. So whether that be software to consume textbooks or courseware, like BibliU, most universities had nothing four years ago, and now most universities have something, not necessarily a comprehensive solution. Or if, if, if you were to look at a student service or a chat support, um, again, four years ago, most universities and colleges would have nothing now most of them have something. Whereas if you looked in the banking sector, they'd probably be on to their third or fourth iteration of software product over a 20-year period, not not their first pilot adoption of a product in the last three or four years, it, it, if, if that makes sense, Kevin. Let's talk about the business benefits for the college. I, I, I get mm -hmm. uh, perhaps uh, the benefits to students, and but how does digi digitization benefit colleges from a business standpoint and how is a lack of digitization detrimental great question and and not all digitization is beneficial i think a lot of institutions um uh, can, can struggle to find value in certain software products but if, if you if you drill down what what is valuable to them from digitization well firstly it's about um as I mentioned before, that, that affordability point. If they can do anything to get the cost down for students and therefore make the tuition to um, average salary ratio better, that's a huge driver for the students. And that's probably the number one thing students say when, when you survey them about their issues they have with their college. Um, another is to in, increase student outcomes. The retention and um, marks are, are two key ones there. Retention obviously increases revenue for the college. It means there are more graduates that are happy and successful with the college, happy customers. And same with marks. It's a similar situation. You increase marks, you increase um, you know, student outcomes. So I'd say that are kind of the key things they're looking for. And the reality is um, not all software products solve any of those things. And there are some that, that, that are, what's the word, novel, may, maybe not required. But, but I'd say the majority of the digitization that's happened has actually helped those three things. Um, and that's what most colleges are looking to do. Is it time to reach a new audience in a new way? Advertising on the Digital Transformation Podcast gives you the opportunity to do just that. Each week, you'll reach thousands of listeners all tuned in to learn about strategies, products, and approaches that will help them succeed. Be a sponsor and get your message heard by the right audience. Learn more at digitaltransformationpodcast.net slash sponsor. That's digitaltransformationpodcast.net slash sponsor. You're listening to the Digital Transformation Podcast. We are here today with Dave Sherwood. Dave is co-founder and CEO of BibliU, a learning enablement platform that empowers universities and students with access to e-textbooks 
from over 2,000 publishers. We're here today talking about digital transformation of higher education courseware. You can find Dave and find out more at Bibliu.com. That's B-I-B-L-I-U.com. Now, Dave, Bibliu works with schools to offer digitized courseware. Can you share more of the inner workings of this from a tech perspective? How, how does the platform actually work? So it's a learning enablement platform that um, enables universities and colleges to provide digital textbooks and digital courseware to their students um, and also automate their workflows and improve student outcomes, including retention and marks, which we referred to before. Um, yeah, and in terms of how the technology works, it's think of like a Netflix or a Spotify. So it's an interface the student uses, a software interface, to interact with their content. It provides things like rich search so that they can rapidly find the specific information they need and more quickly answer an assessment um, and a whole variety of uh, rich functionality that, that, that provides a better experience than the old print experience. And in terms of how it links into the university systems technically, it will link into the learning management system, sometimes the finance system, sometimes the, the student information system, largely for the goal of making the university's life easier. They had a lot of manual processes, particularly with print books, that they would use to um, purchase and deploy and manage that content. And now software can obviously automate a lot of that and, and reduce the cost of delivery of, of, of tuition. Now, you work as a liaison between publishers and schools, but yep. publishers already have digital books. Why does this system work better, or how is it different? Yeah, it's a really great question, Kevin. And, and I'd take you back to just over five years ago when Bibliu launched. Uh, publishers did have digital versions of the content, but uh, the, the market was you know 90% print. So the publishers alone had not been able to drive change. And, and the question is, why have we been able to drive change and increase the proportion of digitization? It's largely because we have a publisher agnostic platform that enables an institution to get content from any publisher and therefore um, uh, a unified student experience where students have the same experience across all publishers and a unified um, workflow automation experience and an analytic experience where they can drive retention by observing student usage. Um, if a publisher were to build a platform like ours, obviously the other publishers wouldn't put their content onto it. And so ultimately you do need that um, a neutral third party platform. And, and consequently it's opened up this B2B um, market where the institutions are now leading on the provision, whereas previously they would have told the students to buy their own at the bookstore. So it's sort of been a fundamental change in the way the content's been delivered, um, driven by the software, and ultimately leading to the demise of the traditional bookstore. Now, switching to digital courseware seems like a no-brainer. What are the impediments to doing so? What are the, the hurdles that we must overcome? And, and what are some of the impediments? That's a great question. Well, firstly, it's, it's, it's a bias to print. You know, I think you ask most um, faculty and they will say print's really important to their students. When you poll students and, and, and you ask them, the majority are in favor of digital. Obviously, students are Gen Z and many of the faculty are, are more towards the baby boom generation. So there's a bit of a disconnect there. Um, and you, you poll students again and you ask them if digital's significantly cheaper would you prefer print or digital? And then they nearly all say digital. And the reality is digital is a lot cheaper. So um, you've got that kind of bias in place. You've got, um, uh, you know, this existing commercial relationship with a traditional bookstore. 
um, which which takes time and effort to change from. Um, and uh, I'd probably add to that that um, yeah, just just kind of general uh, sort of conservatism and a, a kind of thinking that things are okay. You know, there's no burning need to change. And I think unfortunately that's not true. Um, you know, we've had a record number of colleges in the U.S. go bust, and it seems like an increasing number of the um, colleges will go bust. And so I think it's really important that college presidents and leaders out there look to all sorts of digital transformation, not just BibliU, to get their cost base down, get their student satisfaction up, and ultimately thrive um, rather than fight for survival. All right. In the time that we have left, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about how AI plays into all of this, certainly with chat GPT and generative AI in the news. What's your perspective on how that and development, that innovation will affect higher education? Yeah, great question. Well, um, I think you look at chat GPT and it's, it's obvious to anybody that's given it a go that traditional assessments will no longer be particularly useful in determining how good somebody is. Because, you know, if you ask a physics question, you put it into GPT, it gives you the answer. So I think there's twofold to this. One is, should we be testing those types of questions that AI can easily answer? I think no, because it's not going to be a useful skill in the workplace, being able to manually do most of the things that, that GPT can do much faster. Um, now, I don't think institutions will change quickly, but some will. So some will start to change the way they assess, hopefully to more an open book type structure where students can use GPT to answer assessments. And therefore, the assessments have to become much more human to human, much more complex than simply um, solving a physics equation. Um, and I think ultimately we'll benefit from from productivity gains from that. You know, you, you end with graduates that can use GPT to do work rather than can just manually do things GPT can do much quicker than them. Um, and ultimately, you know, we have to be thinking about um, uh, jobs, jobs being, you know, automated by GPT and, and, and college is the place that gets people ready for jobs. So they need to be getting people ready for um, providing skills additionally to GPT. And then I, I think that, that the second um Part of it is, is what I just mentioned there. I, th I think um, it's, it's likely that a lot of colleges won't necessarily change the way they assess and stick to kind of closed book exams with no computers and no internet. Um, and um, yeah, I think I think that's sort of a head in head in the sand approach, and ultimately will enable students to cheat easily when they're doing take home assessments and um, and further exacerbate the the average earnings first tuition fee problem. So again, presidents and leaders need to look at um, how they can can train students for the jobs of the future and, and utilize GPT and other AI. Do you want to get into podcasting but don't have the time, technology, or expertise to get it done? Maybe you want to create a podcast for your company or feature a happy customer in an audio interview of their own. My audio podcasting services give voice to your success and expertise. So if you like what I do, why not let me do it for you? Find out more at cranegroup.com. That's C-R-A-I-N-E, cranegroup.com. 
You are listening. You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to the Digital Transformation Podcast. Our guest today is Dave Sherwood. Dave is the co-founder and CEO of Bibliu. You can find him and find out more at Bibliu.com. That's B-I-B-L-I-U.com. Now, Dave, we've reached the action item round of the show. I'm wondering if you could please provide us with three quick action items that our listeners can do to take advantage of your ideas and advice. First and foremost, check out our website, um, www.bibliu.com. If you're a college leader in the US or UK, it, you know our, our service could provide some major benefits that we've kind of discussed already, and you can get in touch with our team there. Feel free to give me a, a, a follow on LinkedIn. Um, it's Dave JL Show. It is my tag. And also, f- third and finally, f- feel free to give me a follow on Twitter. And also, feel free to reach out on those channels. All, always happy to, to to engage people in in you know topics that are the important to to higher education and and the future of the workforce. Dave, it's been great speaking with you today. We're almost out of time, but before I let you go, one last question: What does the future of a more tech-driven education system look like? What should educators and administrators and technologists be thinking about now and strategizing for in order to be prepared for the world in five years' time? I think the five-year time question, you've got firstly where it could be if institutions adopted technology faster. So like if we kind of just focus on that blue sky, you know, where could things get to? Ideally, they've, they've begun to solve the tuition fee versus average salary problem, which has gotten much worse over time. And to make that better, they have to do two things. One is get tuition costs down um, through adopting technology and other reforms. And the other is get average salaries up. And, and it seems to be the best way to do that is to better align the courses with the jobs. And there are all sorts of schemes around the US and UK that include compulsory placements for all degrees, not just certain degrees like medicine and law. Um, all degrees, and and bringing in the um, the companies to help build the curriculum and help provide components of the training. So we end up with more job-ready people that can work in engineering, sales, finance, etc., the types of jobs that Bibliu would hire for that pay much better than the average job that the average graduate ends up getting, which is, is part of the problem. You know, the average degree does not provide enough skills and productivity gain. That is Dave Sherwood from Bibliu. Dave, thank you so much for being our guest today on the Digital Transformation Podcast. Appreciate it, Kevin. I've really enjoyed it today. That'll do it for this episode of the Digital Transformation Podcast. But join me next time when I continue to talk to best-selling authors, innovative thought leaders, and top-shelf executives, all driving today's digital success. And I'll talk to you next time on the Digital Transformation Podcast.